Welcome to Childcare CRM, the podcast. You're familiar with Childcare CRM, the company, and hopefully you love using Childcare CRM, the product. I'm your host, Sierra Rossing, and I serve as the content marketing manager at Childcare CRM. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Today, I'm joined by Beth Cannon, speaker, trainer, and coach for early education leaders and teams. Today, we're going to be talking about team building, specifically how to attract new candidates, how to retain them until their start date, how to set them up for success on their very first day, and how to expand into new center locations with existing staff or new staff. Thanks so much for joining me today, Beth. I'm so excited to get to be back with you. Yes, this is such a great topic. And I know, especially with the staffing shortages that so many of our users are facing and other childcare owners and directors are facing right now, I think you're such a wealth of knowledge, such an amazing resource for people. Well, it's been super fun to be in so many schools and to talk to so many leaders. And I do want to say, it is seeming like we're coming out of a bit of the fog when it comes to employees. It seems like more are getting more quality candidates. And I don't know if the candidates are just coming out of the woodwork or if the really boss childcare leaders are leaning in and listening and being a little bit more strategic about not just randomly throwing ads out on Indeed and thinking, well, I have ads out on Indeed and no one's replying to them. You know, they're being a little more strategic about the process. And so the, the ones that I'm talking to are telling me it's looking like things are getting a little bit better. Oh, that is great news. I know that's been top of mind for everyone. And um, I think the next step, if as people are finding those quality candidates, of course, is to address how they onboard them correctly and how they bring them into their culture they've already created, or if they revamp and kind of build a whole new culture. Um, and I'd love to get you know your thoughts for someone and how they can successfully onboard a new um, you know a new teacher. Well, I love talking about onboarding, but I think from the very first time that you put out your ad, I think that is the beginning of your retention strategy. And as I said, the, the ones who are keeping the great candidates are the ones who are being really intentional about strategies like this. So not only do they have a super fun job description, you know, it's what is it like to work here? What is our culture like? What do our teachers do? It's not just hiring a preschool teacher to work, you know, nine to three And here's what you're going to do. You know, they're very specific. They make it fun. And then they're being really intentional about the outreach, right? The minute they get that ad, they are, they've got either, they've got an automation set up or they have something ready to go. They're constantly checking their accounts. Boom. We've got another resume. Let's reach out. Let's get them on a zoom call right away. Let's send them a link to Calendly so that we can get on right away. That's something that I think, so much of our industry has missed is that they'll respond a day later and say, okay, we'll come by the center and fill out a job application. Yep. No one wants to do that anymore, Sierra, <laughs> especially yeah. when they've got someone who says, hey, let's hop on a Zoom. Let's have some pre-qualifying questions. And then once we qualify as a great candidate, then we'll get you yeah. in. So then they've got this applicant tracking system. You know, you know, I love Trello. And so I teach a lot of my students how to use Trello to kind of keep track of where they are in the funnel. And then once they get them in, you're right. It's that onboarding. It's that hook. It's that let's initially make this person feel like their family and not stick them in a room yeah. with a manual and a amount of paperwork to fill out. That they're super intentional about making it really fun for them. 
Yep. I love that. And I, it's hilarious because it's almost like all the same best practices that apply to new family leads are the same best practices that apply to new applicant leads because it's the same thing we always preach, you know, follow up fast, follow up within five minutes or less, schedule tours quickly. And it's kind of like the same thing you're saying, follow up with applicants quickly, schedule those interviews quickly. I think that's great. And I love the idea of Zoom too. I think that, um, you know, making those extra efforts to uh, be flexible with what the applicants want. And you're right. So few people want to go, you know, drive to the center unless they know they're, they've got a good shot at getting the job. It'd be awful to drive to a center and then you get asked one question and they're like, oh, sorry, you're actually not a good fit for the role. Well, and and oftentimes, and, and I want the, the directors who are listening and the owners who are listening to realize like this is a strategy to save you time because you can very quickly qualify or disqualify someone based on how they show up for a Zoom call or if they show up for a Zoom call. You know, that's another thing yeah. is that, you you know, I was just I was at a conference in Florida uh, with my friend Vernon Mason, and he was saying that in their research, they found that it takes one out of 12 job candidates in order to hire one quality one employee. And so that's a lot of people to go through. And if you can set those up on Zoom, save the time. And like you said, it's just like your strategy for enrollment. We're really competing for the best employees out there. Every single child care center that I know is hiring the ones right down the street. So you've got people that live in your community that are interested in working with young children. You want to be the one to catch them quickly get them in your funnel. If they're a good fit, make a job offer and then get them set up for success. Yep. Yes. And I love that you said, get them set up for success. So once they've gone through those interviews and hopefully you've found that bright, shiny, amazing candidate, what's the next step? Yes. That was unicorns. I know. And I also, that's a great perspective to look at. Like every center is hiring on your street and uh, there's only so many people in the community who do want to work with young children. And so What's, um, you know, we talk about retention starts at that initial application, initial job posting. What's the next step to keep retaining them until their start date or on, on their start date? Yep. So we go, we've gone from attract. The next st- stage is to train them. So immediately get them in, make them feel welcome. I love to teach my students to do a welcome video, like with a Canvas slide deck. You know, here's some information. This is what you can expect from, you know, from your very first day, this is what our onboarding experience looks like. So they get some sort of digitally rich content and anyone can do it, right? You don't have to be direct to camera. You can just use your slides, but they need some sort of, rather than just here's your offer letter, show up tomorrow, you know, something to welcome them. So they know what to expect. They know what it looks like. That is key. I also think it's key that they immediately connect them with a mentor. You know, the, the director or the owner can't be the work BFF right away. And so knowing who your brand ambassadors inside of your school are, who can immediately, just from a human perspective, know, okay, your job is to befriend this person, to make them feel welcome, to answer their questions, because they may not really connect with a leader. They may be a little bit intimidated by the leader. And so when they know, okay, here's your, here's your initial work BFF. So they're going to walk you through everything. And I was at a training in Houston and one sad, sad owner was telling a story that she thought she had a great infant teacher, but what she didn't realize is how burnt out this infant teacher had become. And so she hired another teacher to help her. And the infant teacher is like, well, I'm glad you're here. Now that you're here, I'm quitting because I can't do this anymore. I can't work anymore. So 
knowing and understanding who your people are, right? So when you bring them in, you want to make sure that this is a positive environment and that they are brand ambassadors. So I think that's thing one. And then thing two, make sure you have a very clear path to how are they going to get you all the documents that they need to get you. You know, again, I, I, I try so much to teach people stop using all this paper, like send them the forms to fill out online. Most everyone that are coming into centers to work have either access to a computer, they have access to a phone. So if you can have digital forms, have those digital forms. Don't have them come in and fill out this paperwork. Give them some opportunity to work on those things. Let them know exactly what is due, what is isn't expected. And if they can send it to you and upload it in a cloud, that's great. I use Trello again. We use it as an applicant tracking system. And then we also use it as a um, an onboarding kind of a checklist where they can work through the checklist as well. So that I think is key in helping them understand what it's going to look like to pull things in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's fantastic. And I love that you mentioned the digital, um, digital forms because that is such a headache. We actually went into for week of the young child, um, when was that? About two weeks ago, we uh, went and visited some of our users and dropped off goodies. And we that. walked into, yes, it was so much fun. It's always great to see people in person. And we walked in, there was this stack of, you know, applications, paper applications on the front desk. And it was just like, you could tell they were just not excited to, you know, go through all those paper applications and file them away and then deal with all the paperwork. It's just like such a headache. And I think everyone is migrating towards, um, technology. And so the more you can, again, be flexible for those applicants, the better. And there's so many platforms. I mean, you can do it as easy as have some fillable PDFs and mm -hmm. create a box account and have them upload into box or upload into Dropbox or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever cloud that you're using. So make that simple for them and then have a very clear track of this is what your first week looks like. This is what your first day looks like, you know, granular detail, like you'll arrive at this time. Here's what you can expect here. Here are the, you know, and here's the, here are the trainings that you're going to be doing each day. You know, I recommend a blend of online training as well as in-person training. And, you know, one of the things that I teach and really preach is stop giving them a paper manual. You know, there are free tools on the internet that you can use to take your paper manual and create very simple modules because the way that people are learning, it's through bite size. They can see it, they can hear it with some videos and, you know, just some short clips. It, you can, everything that you can do, you don't have to have expensive platforms to do this. And I think that people get so overwhelmed because they think, that's not for me. And this is easy. And this is what we've always done. And Sierra, what we're realizing is we can't keep doing what, we saw, what we've always done because people are learning differently now. So, and, and I know we've got a, a resource that I can share with you guys at, and we'll, you can put it in the show notes. There's, I've got a, a workbook on how to do that, but being very clear on your expectations, what is due, when it is due, and what this experience is going to look like. And then the onboarding, it's not just an event, right? It's not just your orientation. Like the onboarding goes through the first, you know, 30, 60, 90 days and on end. And so having a very clear plan and knowing what that looks like, that's a retention strategy. Because if they come in and the director is busy, she's not paying attention to what's happening, she's not careful with her time because she might be in a classroom or there's crazy chaos going on. 
she's not going to have time to really focus on this person. And that person's going to be like, this is not a fun place to be. I should go back and look at my email because I got three other job. I got three other job offers and maybe one of those job offers will be a little bit more fun than this chick who seems very crazy and fanatic and is not really paying attention to me on my first day of work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely spoiled for choice right now. So uh, I, I agree. I think the, you know, making those lasting first impressions is so important. Yeah. So I love that you talked about, um, you know, kind of giving them an understanding of what to expect in the first day, the first week, training wise, as well as what time to be there. I think that's so important. And I am very much a planner, very type A. So that is like, you know, when I first joined childcare CRM, they gave me a packet of like, okay, here's what to expect your first week. And I was so grateful because I was just, you know, you don't know until you know what to expect in a new job. Right. So how do you, another thing that can be really, you know, anxiety inducing for some people is coworkers and meeting new coworkers. How do you suggest, and you talked about a little bit already, but how do you suggest you know, merging the team with those new staff members and ensuring that they all get along and feel like they can support one another and lean on each other. Right. I think it starts with the power of one, you know, having that one person that, you know, is going to be solid. Okay. This is your go-to person. And then it's just like, you know, the, and things really do happen organically. And I think it's, it's hard to really plan that, but you just have to be intentional instead of just having haphazardly things go on. So, you know, maybe when a new person comes in the door, maybe you've got balloons, you know, welcome to Sierra. You know, we're, we're so excited to introduce you to our new pre-K four teacher and then have a lunch, you know, have a, you know, maybe a luncheon for the teachers to come in and out of the break room and to meet the new teacher, make sure that when she's there for the first day that you kind of walk her around to get to meet her coworkers. Cause you know, sometimes they'll have a chance to, to meet and mingle and sometimes they really won't. But you know, when you have those opportunities, that's when that community is created because I, you know, I do so many team buildings in schools. And when I ask, like, what keeps you in your seat? Like, if I were to ask you, you know, do you plan to stay here? Like what, when you think about in your heart, do you want to be here or is your mind and your heart going somewhere else? The ones that say what they look forward to the most at work, there's two things they say, but more often than not, it's their coworkers. Of course, they love the children and that's why they're there, but they love their coworkers. They love the supportive community it's there, but this is what I know that happens because the director is very intentional about making sure that that is created. The director creates opportunities for team building, creates opportunities, you know, maybe for, for things before work or after work, or they celebrate wins, or they really lean in and listen to understand, like, how do they recognize success at work and what does success look like? So, you know, culture is not a project, but Craig Rochelle, who's one of my favorite leadership, uh, he's a leadership guru. He's got a great podcast on leadership. And he says, your culture is a combination of what you create and what you allow. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're seeing in the season. So many of us have allowed things because we've been short staffed. We've been in, we've been on this crazy train. And so, you know, people are accepting, ex, you know, way above and beyond absences, you know, the lateness, the call-ins, the not doing their job with excellence. It's like, okay, yay. We kept the kids alive today. Good job. And yeah. licensing didn't show up when we were out of ratio. So pat ourselves on the back. Well, of course we want a more quality program than just surviving. And so when they think in terms of what are the things that we've allowed to happen in the last few years, now's the time for a reset. 
and mm-hmm. and letting your team know, you know, being very intentional about guys. This is where we are. We held some space for those things, but now we've got to move forward because we've got to get into a new mindset. It's a new day. It's a new era. A new season is coming. So who do we want to be as a team? And they're really intentional about making that happen. And that just warms my heart to get to see directors like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's such a powerful statement. You know, the part of your culture is what you allow. And, um, I know Brian Dupre has a really great, um, philosophy on, you know, when you can kind of identify when someone isn't really a great fit for the team anymore and is kind of bringing other people down. And he talks about how important it is to get those people out quickly before they can kind of poison the rest of your team. Um, and, you know, we talked about the story of the the new person coming in and kind of her mentor being like, oh, okay, well, I'm actually going to leave now that you're here. I mean, that's just, right. that'd be really tough as a new person coming in. Um, so how do you, maybe before new team members do come in, do you suggest, you know, how do you suggest that directors or owners identify who that key brand stakeholder is going to be and identify who maybe needs to go before they bring in a new team and before they bring in new people so that they don't get those negative influences? Well, what I'm teaching my leaders is to sit down in a round table and say, okay, pull out your pack of post-it notes. And on those post-it notes, write the name of your absolute rock stars. You know, we kind of have a, a kind of a teacher avatar system where they break down what their A team, B team and C team would be. And so you don't have to call them A team, B team, C team. Some people get a little cringy on saying that, but call them your you know, your, your superstars, your twinkling stars, or your falling stars, because the truth is we all have an A, B, A, B, and C team, right? You're, you're always on staff, you're buildable staff, but then your C team, you know, she's, she or he has to go. And so identifying those people and then put their names on a post-it note. And then I, I teach them to go have a conversation with each one of these people and outside of the center. And there's a list of questions where you can sit down and talk to them about what, to really find out like, what is their why? On their hard days, how can I remind you of your why? And here's kind of my vision for you. We, you know, we're, we're looking for leadership. I know it takes a village. This is what I see in you. Speak life over them and tell them, I see this in you. You've got such great leadership qualities. Like if I were to get a new job here, you would be the person that I would want to be my work BFF. And so, you okay. know, and let them know these are some the SWOT analysis, right? These are some strengths we have. These are some weaknesses we have. These are some opportunities we have. And these are some threats that we have. And just be very clear and transparent because I think that when your team realizes, like when you're a little bit vulnerable to say, this, these are my concerns. So as we bring new people in, I want them to experience the positive parts of our culture. But then, you know, having that quickness to, to fire, it's been so hard right now because the truth is they need that body for ratio, But holding people accountable is not mean. Mm -hmm. And I know so, you know, research will say, you know, Nacy did a study many years ago. uh, Holly Elisa Bruno did it. And in a survey of 700 early educators at a Nacy conference, 80% of the early childhood leaders said they were conflict avoidant. So that means, and then 88% of early childhood educators are professed gossipers. (laughs) So that's what came out of that that study. And so we know that we've got, you know, women working with women and, you know, sometimes women, we like to talk and sometimes that talking can really go up or that talking can really go down. And when we're self-aware with where that can take it, um, we're, you know, you, you can be more mindful of that. But with our early childhood leaders being conflict avoidant, 
it's sometimes hard because they fear that conflict because they've got to have this crucial conversation. And when there are high stakes in that conversation, there's a little bit of fear. So if that's you and you're listening, I just want to encourage you, like you've lost great people before, but you've also had your culture wrecked by someone who's not really a good fit or someone whose heart is just in it. So having those conversations, I think sooner than later, because your staff brand is if you if you close your eyes and you think about who your people are, that's your staff brand and your employer brand is your re- attraction and your retention strategy. People will come and stay or people will come and go oftentimes based on the work climate and culture. So I think just being really intentional about having those one on one meetings and not being afraid to let people go once you get someone else hired to take their spot. Yeah. 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 I think that's definitely like you mentioned, having intentional conversations and building those relationships with staff, you'll kind of start to see who, who is, who falls into those falling star categories for sure. And one thing that, um, you know, amidst all the craziness over the past two years, some of our users have been really fortunate to actually be able to grow and expand their organizations. And some are starting up new locations, um, whether they're small or large businesses. And I'd love to get your insight into how they can build a team from the ground up or, you know, should they be, should they be using staff at other locations to kind of champion those new locations? I'd love to get your thoughts. Well, I've seen this happen. Um, I've got several of my students right now are in that very process. And so what they're doing is they're pulling up leaders from their existing centers who know their culture and, and they know their heart. And so there's this level of trust that okay, this person has been amazing for us. She's, this person's been a great brand ambassador. I'm going to pull this person up into leadership because they've invested in them. And those are the people who, you know, even if they're not trained directors, right? But if, if, if you see leadership skills in your people, pull them up. And guess what? They, it doesn't even have to be, a, you know, at, at an up level. It could be a lateral move. Um, but it's, it's that hard balance because you're going to rock the boat one place, Right. But but the, the rocking of the boat sometimes is what you need because you're not going to grow if you you know, if you stick with that. So I would say be very, very clear on your core values. Sierra, I think everything has to rise and fall on your core values. And when you know them and you live them, you're going to see that play out in your team. And, and and when I say at trainings, you all have core values. Everyone says, yes, yes, we do. OK, what are they? Crickets. Even the owners can't say what their core values are. So then we go back and, okay, here's this question. Your, your culture is a combination of what you create and what you allow. So your core values come from a place of everything that you love and everything that breaks your heart. So then we get, then we get the whiteboard out. Okay, what do we love about our center? We love nurturing. We love community. We love family. We love teamwork. You know, so they list all the things that they love. Okay, let's talk about the things that break our heart. Um, and that can be dishonesty. Um, a lack of integrity, you know, voice, right? Just sometimes, sometimes people are gruff with, with their voices. And when you're, when you're dealing with children and you're talking to young children in some environments, you know, that, that might be they're you know, they're just, they're more stern uh, disciplinarians in other environments. That's not okay. And so helping people to understand what the brand voice is. And if you do not want your teachers to raise their voice to children, well, that ought to be really, really clear. Like in our core values, like we speak kindly to children in all situations. So helping them really flesh out who they want to be as a team and how they want to act and interact. And then if we're following through and we're leading out of our core values, 
I don't think you have to have a whole lot of rules when you have people who are on the same page with your values. Yep. Yep. I love that. And I love the idea of, like you mentioned, bringing someone up into leadership that you already know and can trust and know you can rely on at that new location. I think that's also just, I mean, it's great for, you know, maybe a a teacher or, you know, new staff coming on board to know that, oh, there is a growth potential here and I could one day be in their shoes if I work hard enough. I think that creates a really unique culture where people are really committed and really devoted to performing and giving their all to your organization. Yeah. And I also want to say this, maybe you don't want to rock the boat. Maybe you don't feel like that there's someone that you're ready to pull into another center. Um, I was down in Florida at a conference and was having a conversation with an owner. She was opening her fourth school. She hired an executive director that came, did not come from within. And she was really nervous about that because, you know, in her mind, she's like, no no one knows this person. She's what if she comes in and, and you know, this causes some issues. But the way that she introduced her to the team and just her heart and she she didn't know everything she was supposed to do, but she knew how she was supposed to act. And so even though she didn't, you know, she maybe didn't do everything that the owner would have done. The owner was very clear with her on this is who we are as a family. This is how I talk to my staff. This is how I motivate them. This is how I encourage them. This is how I make them feel valued. So the most important things that I'm going to need you to do is to make them feel the way that I made them feel, because I know that my team feels valued at work. And I've been been very intentional about creating a culture to where they know they can come to me. They know that I'll listen to them. They know that I will have their back, you know, when they're, when there are concerns with parents. And so She's been so intentional about who she is as a leader that when she would bring someone in and spending that time, even it was even though it was an outsider, it's still been a really beautiful situation. So it, it, it can work either way, but it can't work in a vacuum. Like it has to work when everyone's on the same page. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Well, I love that. And um, I know you mentioned earlier, you have you know trainings coming up. You have so many amazing resources. Can you share a little bit? I'll include those links in the show notes, but can you tell us a little bit about where people can find those and what, what they can look forward to? You bet. So we have um, our masterclass. It's called Three Secrets to Go from Chaos to Clarity. That is coming up April 26th, May 3rd and May 5th. That's a free course and I can drop the link in for that. And then launching the first week of May is our Stuck to Strategy Academy. So that is a 12-week group coaching program uh, where we work with ECE leaders and directors and we work through their, their processes. So we talk about time management and resources and tools so they can manage their time. We talk about their purposes. We do a team building training with their team. And then we really get into their policies, which of course, manuals to modules. I teach them how to ditch that old paper manual and create some modules. So again, the whole thing really is a retention strategy, which is kind of what we're talking about here. But it starts with being a great leader with great systems and a great program that's going to attract the kind of people that you want. And so sometimes we don't see it as the big picture, but everything we do is a retention strategy, right? So if, if, if the way you show up as a leader, the way you lead your team, the way you lead your leaders, and the way you train your teachers is going to attract those amazing rock stars and it's going to make them want to stay because it's gonna, your place is going to be a great place to work when you create that for them. Awesome. Amazing. Yes. Could not agree more. And I will say for anyone interested in, stuck to strategy. We actually gave a bit of a sneak peek last fall. I believe you came on and did a webinar for some of our users and they loved it. They still talk about it. So for anyone looking to, you know, 
look into team building, creating a culture, being a better leader, I cannot recommend stuck to strategy um, enough. And I'm sure your masterclass is just as impactful as well. So thank you, Sierra. Always appreciate your support. And I'll see you in a few weeks at a live conference. Yes, yes. If anyone's going to be at AELL this year, uh, feel free to come by and say hi. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Child Care CRM or Child Care Forms, visit us online at childcarecrm.com. And make sure to follow, rate, and review so you never miss out on another episode.